Hi there, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Grant Sabatier. Hi, Grant. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I was so intrigued by your book because I read that you literally had $2 and what, 24 cents? <laughs> and, uh, 26 cents. 26 cents. <laughs> Woo! And how did that happen? And then you turned your life around. Yeah, absolutely. So at the age of 24, uh, I'd already bounced around a bunch of jobs after college and never quite found the right fit and ended up with $2.26 to my name. And not that's clearly not enough money to afford rent in no. any city. And so <laughs> I, I had to move back home with my parents and literally was sleeping in the same bed that I slept in as a seven-year-old kid. And so they said Humbling. I could crash there for... I know, very humbling that that I could crash there for three months, but they weren't going to give me a dime. And oh. I'd already sent out over 200 resumes and um, not gotten any calls back. And so I was starting from definitely, you know, square one. Right. What was your background, by the way, that you were sending your resume out? Yeah, so I was a philosophy major in college, so liberal arts major. Um, I bounced around a number of jobs. I worked at you know, one of, you know those companies you call an airline and it's like, this call may be monitored or recorded for yes. quality assurance. I was literally the person listening to those calls. That was my first job out of college, which is just like mind-numbing oh as it sounds. Um, <laughs> exciting. <laughs> it's like surreal. It's so exciting. <laughs> riveting, riveting, yes. actually. Um, and then I bounced around a few different things. Like I worked as like an editor, like, you know, researcher at like a small uh, newspaper. Mm-hmm. I worked for like another different sort of call analytics company. And just, you know, these are all like sitting in cubicles, just, you know, kind of uh, – Tough, tough jobs. Yeah. So, yeah, I, but I applied when I was actually applying. I didn't know what I wanted to do. That was part of the challenge as well. And so I applied to so many things. I actually looked back when I was writing the book and realized I had applied to be an apprentice at a florist. You know, what? I was thinking, I was like, I didn't even remember this. I didn't even remember this. And I was like, oh, if someone had actually called me back, I might be a florist today. Who knows how my life would, oh have, my would have been different. But imagine how you would but, have had to scramble to really, you know, do that job? With, did you know anything about being a florist? Oh, no, absolutely okay. not. I mean, I liked flowers. I mean, yeah. it's like, I mean, it was as simple as that. It was like, oh, this could be a creative, fun oh my thing to do. That's, that's, that's literally where I was. Amazing. <laughs> so how did you come up with this whole notion of, you know, finding extra hours in your week and finding your side hustle? It's really intriguing. Oh, yeah. So the first thing that I did when I was, so I was back home, you know, my parents were just like, look at me, like completely concerned. I was I was so ashamed. Uh, I started looking at money and just thinking about money because my parents were in their late 50s still working. I looked out over the next 40 years of my life and I was like, I can't imagine doing what I've just been doing. It was so miserable. Right. Um, you know, what is money? Like, why are we all stressed about money? Why is it so complicated? And so I just literally wrote a list down of all those things that I had been taught and told about money and started researching them and figured out that most of them were not only like no longer relevant, but a lot of them were damaging. Like the simple one, time is money. It's mm-hmm. like, no, time is not money. You can always go out and make more money, but time is so much more valuable because it's finite. Yes. You know, this simple idea of like, what? And then there were so many other things. Save 5 to 10% of your income, which when you do the math, you're like, this is literally you're never going to be able to retire if you save 5%. You know, it's just yes. one thing after another 
I started realizing that like, wow, personal finance advice is, is not only terrible, it's damaging. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to study, you know, I was a philosophy major and I was like, what is money? That's mm-hmm. literally what I asked. And I realized it's a human invention. It's something we embed so much meaning and purpose into. And then I was just on a mission. I was like, I'm going to figure this money thing out. And so I started reading everything I could um, from philosophy books to trading books to uh, personal finance books to entrepreneurship books. And over a period of five years, I'd read over 350 books because I was either I was either trying to make money or reading about money. Um, But I had to turn the one thing that made the biggest impact was I had to make the shift and develop a skill set that was marketable. And so I was just doing a simple Google search and I saw a Google mobile ad mm-hmm. and then I was, I'd never seen one. And then so I Googled Google mobile ad and okay. saw that, you know, demand for jobs running those campaigns was, was going to increase or was projected to grow 300% by 2020. Interesting. So I was like, okay, here's, here's something that's growing in demand. And the second result was get certified to run Google campaigns by Google for free. So you could take an exam on Google's website to get certified. And so I watched all the videos, the training videos and some YouTube videos. 30 days later, I completely overprepared for the test, uh, (laughs) but I didn't have any other options. So I took the test. I got Google certified, uh, put it on my LinkedIn profile and on my resume. And the first job that I applied to to run Google campaigns, I ended up getting. And then spent the next five years and three months running Google campaigns for a year for one agency and then launched my own. And then I launched a second one. Uh, so I worked with law firms and realtors and then universities Amazing. and gr- grew those two companies all while reading about money in my spare time and side hustling. I made money a bunch of different other ways and saving upwards of 82% of my income because I figured out that Every $100 I made, I was buying a week of freedom in the future. Amazing. I started looking at money and units of freedom. What's, what's interesting, Grant, is that you did your homework to see what would be a viable career path, and then you landed you know, at the Google training. And I also noticed you were you're building these websites, but you're flipping domain names. Um, you were doing all kinds of things in the, in the digital domain. Yeah, I feel very fortunate that you know, I had my first computer when I was seven years old. So I've literally, I'm like the digital native. You know, mm-hmm. I grew up, like, I grew up on the internet, basically. Yeah. Uh, and so I had, I had that advantage. Um, there's certain advantages and, and downsides as well. But I, um, yeah, I became fascinated with like even domain names. It's like I realized domains are like the real estate of the internet. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you can't make another .dot com name. And so I started just buying them, you know, and and selling them and. You know, now I have over 800 domain names. I really, I still enjoy it. I still do it. Um, and that's just one of those things that was related to building websites, relating to running Google campaigns. And, you know, I immersed myself completely in this, you know, sort of burgeoning new economy and new industry. And I feel very grateful and lucky that, you know, I entered at a time when it was newer than it is now. But even now, today, it's still incredibly viable and lucrative and, you know, I didn't even need a college degree to get the job that I got. It doesn't sound like it. You didn't need that philosophy headache. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it was worth it. It was totally no, yeah. worth it in a different way. No, but, I believe yeah, that I, it's the foundation of different things. You always use your degree in some way, you know. Yeah, but it's just never, I mean, it's representative of, you know, I think it's never been easier in history to make money and live life on your own terms. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean it's, 
easy, but it is easier, without a doubt. Well, you were very driven. I mean, you were also doing things. Um, were you actually flipping vintage mopeds and Volkswagen campers? Yeah, I was doing both of those. So those are just two things that I love, uh, you know, two hobbies of mine. Mm -hmm. And so I set up simple Craigslist alerts. And so whenever, you know, I collect these vintage mopeds from the late 1970s, early 1980s, and I would just, you know, buy lots of them or drive up into Wisconsin and buy a few and then bring them down to the city and flip them. And, you know, you could make a couple, couple grand in a weekend. Or the Volkswagen campers, you know, I made one time $11,000 in two days because I just bought it off Craigslist and then sold it on a specialty website. And so, you know, those things I was going to be doing, I was going to, I was looking at them already. I liked, you know, tinkering with them. And so that's just something, um, I didn't sell a ton of them. It's not like I was making $11,000 every weekend. Sure. You know, that really adds up when you can invest that money. Yeah. I also like what you have to say about, um, you know, managing your time, looking at, you know, are you spending all your time at a boozy brunch on a Saturday? Or, you know, you got to focus in on how to use your time most effectively. Yeah. I mean, the average American, the, the most startling thing that I figured out, and I realized even in my own life for a while, it's, you know, the average American watches 5.2 hours of television at night. Wow, that's and it's a like lot. we're so tired from our jobs that we come home and we just zone out. And that's time. It's not like, it's not about like, don't watch TV or watch TV. It's just like, just take a couple of those hours and, and do something else, yes. you know, whether it's launching a side hustle or building a new skill, mm-hmm. you know, and that's it. That's uh, it. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. And we often think things in life are. Um, yeah. And so just spending a couple, you know, even a couple hours a week building a new skill that, you know, is going to be more marketable or you know, that's the thing is I really believe skills are future currency. You know, it's like the diversity of your skills and the complementarity of your skills are what gonna or what going to help you make more money today, but even more importantly, more money in the future. No, that makes sense. And um, one of the things you also mentioned is there are tax advantages to having the side hustle. Oh yeah, there are definitely tax advantages. I mean, having like a little LLC on the side and being able to, you know, invest. Uh, more of your money in a tax-advantaged way, being able to d- deduct, you know, expenses for learning new skills as they're related to your side hustle. You know, there's some you can you can form like a little company out of your life, um, yeah. and then scale up from that. So there's yeah, there's so many. The tax law favors small businesses. So what else would you like people to know about your book? I think the biggest thing is. Um, Money only matters if it helps you live a life you love. Mm-hmm. And it really, it's always easier in life to kind of chase that next thing, whether it's the job promotion or the new job or the million dollars. But really what's most importantly is like, are you living the life that you want today? And are you using money to help you do that? Um, and that requires, instead of kind of looking outside, it requires some, you know, a little bit of soul searching and questioning. Because one of the things the world's going to tell you, you need like $5 million to retire, but the world doesn't know you and the world doesn't realize that you're going to grow and you're going to change. And so yes. the better you know yourself, the the less money in a lot of cases you end up needing, or at least you realize the trade-off you're making. Because so much of life is all about trade-offs. Yeah. So I want to just interject something. The name of my show is Get the Funk Out. And a lot of times we get in these financial funks, which, you know, you found yourself in, a career funk. How did you stay positive? What did you do for people listening and saying, wow, this is really me. I'm feeling kind of lost and not knowing what I'm going to do here. How did you stay positive? 
Yeah, so I think that most people are like two or three steps away from a life they'd really love. Mm-hmm. It's just really hard to see those steps when you're stressed out about money and you're constricted. And that's all you can think about is because you're waking up thinking about money. And so the important thing is not to like think about saving a million dollars or becoming financially independent. The most important thing is you have to buy yourself some breathing room. That's the way I call it in the book. You know, you have to get a little perspective. It's hard to make decisions about your life when you're stressed out. And so the perspective often comes if you're living paycheck to paycheck. The perspective is escaping living paycheck to paycheck. Yes. And so getting six months of expenses saved, you're going to be able to sleep better at night. You're going to maybe realize that your boss, you know, is stressing you out more than you want. And mm-hmm. maybe you're in a toxic work environment or in a relationship. And the only way you're going to get that perspective is if you have a little bit of a cushion, a little bit of breathing room. And then the way, like in the book, I have seven levels of financial freedom. It's kind of like a ladder. But when you get to each level, you get a little bit more perspective and you get a little bit more breathing room. And so if you're stuck in your life, just save up six months of expenses because you're going to get some more breathing room. Save up a year of expenses and then take a little time off your job because sometimes you just need to give yourself some time and space. You can't always chase everything. Yes. Um, and that's, that's how you're going to get perspective. And the perspective is extremely powerful um, and extremely empowering. Uh, how do you feel after, going, go, have, after having gone through all the struggle and here you are to this, you know, incredible book that's going to help a lot of people? Yeah, I, uh, I feel very grateful because um, during this five-year period, I mean, this is all I did. You know, I... Uh, was very driven, very curious. Uh, I didn't do it to help other people. I did it to help myself. Um, once I actually made it happen, I realized that, A, I'd learned a ton. I also made a lot of mistakes and a lot of trade-offs that I wouldn't make again. And so I started writing on Millennial Money in 2015 about this, and then I started getting reader feedback. And, you know, the first emails that I started getting, like 2016, you know, you helped me save $13,000. You helped me, you know, launch a $20,000 side hustle. You helped me get a $60,000 raise. Those emails filled me with a level of joy that was beyond, beyond anything that I'd ever felt making money. And I never knew what my purpose in life was. I didn't know what my why, you know, this whole, like, what's your passion? Like, mm-hmm. I didn't have an answer to that question. Um, sometimes you can't chase that. You just have to let it show up. And yes. for me, having the time and space for it to show up, that's when it did. And now I just feel incredibly grateful uh, that I don't have to make decisions because of money. I can make decisions around how do I have the biggest impact um, and that's what's most fun because now I've gotten, you know, I get, I've had you know, 30 messages this morning from all over the world, people who've read the book and are, sh- you know, sharing what they've learned and what Amazing. they're doing and how they're changing. Yeah. I mean, that's just, uh, I feel very grateful for that. And CNBC calls you the millennial millionaire and you're the founder of millennialmoney.com. I want to mention. Yeah. Millennialmoney.com is my, my website, my blog. I write there, um, if you're interested in any of this, definitely check out the book. You can check it out first. Uh, I think the book is better than the blog. Okay. <laughs> not, just don't tell, don't tell my blog that. Um, you know, it's uh, but it's 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 really the the two most popular questions I always got were how did you actually do it and how can I do it, and that that's what the book answers. I mean, it's designed end to end to get you there, to help you get there. Uh, whereas the blog is there's so many more topics, there's so many more case studies. 
Um, so they're good complements to each other, but I, I definitely recommend people check out the book first. Fantastic. Grant, I want to thank you so much for calling in. This has been a great conversation. And again, your website one more time. Uh, we'll check out financialfreedombook.com and okay. then millennialmoney.com. Millennial Got it. Okay. Congratulations and uh, enjoyed having you on. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Hope you have a good day. You too. My pleasure. Take care. If you missed any part of this, it will be up on the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kci.org. And if you want to follow the show, I am on Twitter at moms underscore rock.